Hi, happy singers. I'm really excited about this episode today. This is with my dear friend and student, Jenny Kern. She's doing incredible things with her music. She's an exceptional lyricist. She's got a keen ear for beautiful melodic lines. Her voice is breathy and gorgeous and very ethereal. She's one of my favorite singers, and I get the pleasure of teaching her as well, which is just, you know, it's a win-win for me. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce you to her. This girl started songwriting very recently and with a lot of grit, perseverance, and love, she was able to um, create an EP and write all kinds of songs. This girl will just like send me songs she wrote that day. She writes every day. She's exceptional. So for all my singers that are considering writing music, this is kind of your hall pass, <laughs> me and Jenny's conversation. Uh, I hope that it'll spark something for you and make you want to sit down and try and write something because everybody's got a song in them and maybe this is your time. And it certainly is Jenny's. So here we go. This is my conversation with Jenny Kern. Am I just the Chasing shadows in the darkness Tonight that I don't want to try No, it's not songwriting that's what I want to talk about because I think you've kind of nailed it on the head you have your thing going for you right now so I just want other people to have permission to write because there's a lot of singers that I work with and some of them will say yeah one of my goals is I do want to write and instantly they're like ah but it sucks ah, but I don't know I, I'd have to take a class or I'd have to you know people just don't feel like they have permission to do it and I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that um, I completely know where they're coming from, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I have, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I, I think that's kind of the point of it is that, yeah, there are people in the history of time who are incredible songwriters and incredible artists who have worked years on honing that craft. But in theory, they didn't start like that. And even the people who started writing when they were, I don't know, eight, eight years old, we're not perfect at it. You're never going to be great at something you start at. Even the greatest people of all time had to work at something. So in my mind, I mean, my story of how I got started songwriting is its own uh, cup of tea. But I think that people, the only way to do it is to just jump into it and accept the fact that you're going to write a lot of bad things. And that's not a bad thing in itself. Yeah. So what about your story? <laughs> I kind of know a little bit. I, so I posted a, a video on Instagram, maybe February, 2018. Um, be, uh, just, just a cover, you know, and I had some people responding. I think people didn't know I played and, and sang like that. And 
after that, it kind of just went back and forth with a, with a good friend of mine, and we were posting videos back and forth um, as a challenge, kind of saying, well, this week's challenge is uh, boy bands or whatnot. Um, and then a friend of mine who lives out in London uh, told me, well, you should play a show. And I laughed at her because I live in New York City, and that's one of the biggest hubs and places where people hustle in the world. So I kind of just laughed that off, but then she came and she pushed it again in, in April. And I tried to reach out to places, but no one would have anyone play or have me play unless I had original material. So right. I kind of thought, well, okay, well that was, that was fun. Um, I guess I won't do that. And then I talked to this friend again and she said, well, try. And so we made a bet that had its own, she didn't follow through on her side, but I think I won anyways. Um, and, and so I tried writing my first song in May. Um, and I, I won't go as far as to say it's terrible, but as I've seen progression happen, it's not great, but I think in theory, it was a really interesting task to try to do because it was something that I'd never done in my entire life. Um, you know, I'd always yeah. been surrounded by music, but I'd never written original material. I'd never thought about that, thought that I would be capable of it. Um, and so finally I wrote a couple songs and reached out to some places and played a show in the, in the depths of Brooklyn. Uh, where at Freddie's Freddie's bar. Yeah. Right. Freddie's bar. And so no, yeah. Totally. No. But then, then after that, I kind of just thought, well, dang, this is addictive. I, I really like oh. this. And awesome. so I reached out to the bitter end and tried to get a gig there. And I don't know why, but they let me play there. So I think that's pull back because a lot of people know what the bitter end is in New York. So how did you present it to them? Because you've only done one show. How many songs did you perform at Freddy's? I think I performed, I don't know, maybe an eight or nine song set. Some of them were shorter. Nice, though. That's oh, yeah. Cool. No, they were great. They gave me the full hour and let me uh, – I filled the room with, with my friends and some, some family members and uh, totally tanked. Um, did – terribly in so many ways, but that's not a bad thing. Again, I, I heavily state that I kind of feel like I had to do that and I had to do it. I was lucky to do it in front of a safe group of people that I could forget my own lyrics that I had just written, or I could try to sing a song that, cause I hadn't been, I hadn't really sang in my life. So to try to sing a song that I thought I could sing, which now looking back would be, oh, that's not a problem. But at the time it was tough. So I had a safe space to do it. I was very lucky. So what about the covers? Can you go back and tell me like when you were putting them up online, what were these covers that you were performing? I always like to take a cover, a song. I always like to take a song of some, something that people wouldn't expect and flip it on its head. So or, or just play it straight and do something that people would not expect me to play and do it as is. Yeah. Um, it works. And so it, really works it, it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, uh, yeah, so I was taking, and I like to, you know, I was realizing how much I actually like to arrange music and how I like to um, maybe take the bass chord progression and see, well, maybe this would be really pretty if it was done in a finger-picking style or maybe something that is done in a finger-picking style. Well, maybe we can make this up-tempo and, you know, mash it up with something else and make it, you know, funky and that was kind of my own challenge. That was really at the start of the year. It was like, this is how I'm going to get into the whole music minded thing again, where I'm not just going to engage in it to play because I'd always done that. I'm actually going to engage in it in a way that an artist would engage in their craft in whatever that may have been for me. Um, I didn't know where it was going to go, but that, that was the goal. Now, when you were first saying, okay, I'm going to try and write some songs. How did you even start because this is a huge thing for a lot of singers they they almost just like have images in their head but they cannot put words to it so how did you try to put pen to paper I there were a lot of things because I was overwhelmed when I first started I I didn't know I had no idea how you were supposed to do it like I didn't know if you just started writing lyrics or what lyrics really even were when you wrote them or how do you start with a chord progression? I kind of just did a bit of both. I'd say I would pick up my guitar and, you know, I don't really read music super well, but I would hear sounds and kind of think, well, that shape is nice. And, you know, I, I know that that chord leads to this. So maybe we can go and here's just a three basic, chord progression and see if maybe there's something there in terms of a structure or I would try to write some thoughts down because at the time I was going through a lot personally and it was I was excited to use this as a tool to kind of work through those things Um, and people find that on a lot of my songs is that it comes from a very personal place and I think that's one of the things that makes this process easy to jump into for people is if you're willing to let that guard down because in theory I think anyone can write a song and I and I mean that in the very basic sense of everyone has heard a song in in some capacity anyone can write a lyric down but songwriting is its own thing as opposed to writing a song and I think the thing people the first step that people need to do is to be able to say, well, I'm about to be vulnerable and I'm okay with that. I love it. I just said it. I just said it. Did you hear that? You, you can love it. That's, <laughs> I it's, do love it, but I just said it. <laughs> you know what? People are allowed to have a tagline. I guess that's mine. How fun is that? It's a great tagline. Don't even hate on it. Um, okay. So in talking about people being vulnerable, who were some of your inspirations? I had just come across a wonderful singer-songwriter and indie starlet named Phoebe Bridgers, Um, and she was someone who, I don't know, I, I honestly don't even know what it is about her music, but I thought there was something really special in how she could write things that were very dark and deep, and it didn't come across as awfully sad as I thought it would um I kind of love that I and I think that's really special in songwriting is 
people, if you were to look at, if one were to look at, you know, the average song theme, most songs are sad in content or melancholy or not happy as you could put it. But people have a special way of either saying, well, I want this to really come across as sad, or I just want this to be a beautiful song or the song that I want it to be. And the content is what it is in its own respect. So I kind of came across her and I listened to her record, Strangers in the Alps, um, you know, throughout my songwriting process this summer and uh, it was definitely a helpful thing for me uh, to understand and to hear. Um, but I have so many other inspirations. I've been listening to music since I opened my eyes for the first time. Yeah. That makes no sense. You know. <laughs> Well, probably. I mean, it depends on what you consider music. I mean, I wonder what song was playing when I was born. That I've always been curious about that. Was your mom listening to music? Do you know? I don't know. I I mean, my parents, oh yeah, they listened to tons of music that influenced me growing up, but I was cur- I would be curious what the first song I ever heard. It's kind of crazy that you just said that cuz I just watched uh, a Handmaid's Tale episode. Uh, yes. music playing in the background as she was pushing the baby out. And I was like, I want a playlist. I want somebody bringing a speaker for me if I have kids. <laughs> I'm ready. That's right. Um, okay, so go back to Phoebe. What's your favorite song of hers? My favorite song of hers is probably Georgia. Okay, how come? Um, I think it's more for the melody and the way it was produced and the chord progression. Uh, it's beautiful. It's just I don't even think that's the song that I probably most resonate with in terms of the content, but in terms of its structure, its emotion, what she evokes, like that's the song that I resonate most with on that record for sure. Now, does she kind of have the vibe that you have with your electric guitar in like the, I here's the thing. I don't know much about the pedals and everything and how it works, but, uh, you, you tend to have like this really like ethereal echo behind you and it's so gorgeous and it lets like all of these chords just kind of ooze together. It's so yummy. Is that similar to some of the stuff she does? I actually can't put a finger on her. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair in some ways. That's, I, there's something about the ethereal quality that I always want to put in my guitar because not that I don't ever want to f- explore other sounds in the future and yeah. I plan on doing that, but I find my voice to be more airy and more ethereal than it might. It might, sh- it actually might, sh- it usually shocks people. Um, so I like to pair that. I like to make it make sense with the guitar and whether that means throwing a lot of reverb on it or, getting some echoes in there. Um, that's, that's definitely something I, th- I think she does on some of her tracks, but the process is so strange. I mean, there's so much that goes into making a sound on a record. Yeah. That's why this one was so brilliant. I just thought it was so well put together. The sounds were incredible. Well, let's talk about things being put together nicely. Talk about your EP. My EP, that project. Talk about it. Um, well, I didn't have too many songs going into making it because uh, I probably had a, a lot of poor, 
poorly written songs at the time. Um, and actually, let me preface by saying, I think there's always potential in a song. I think if you can lay a song down, there's always something that can be adjusted. And it's something I learned in the process of my making my EP, which was there were lyrics that were changed and not, you know, drastic things, but adjustments in the arrangements. And that's not something that you need to be afraid of with the songwriting process. It's just, it's expected. Nothing's perfect when you first write it. And when I went into my making my EP, I kind of assumed that you bring in a song that's done. And that's not not true, but it's also, you know, it, you can come in with something and it's never, it, it could be the most perfect thing you think you have and it's going to change. It's going to change a lot. So that happened with me for sure. Um, but yeah, I didn't even want, I, I had no plan on recording anything. I just was writing because I was discovering this new artistic outlet for myself. And I was excited about playing shows for people and to share music for people. And then I kind of had this moment in the summer where I thought, well, maybe I could try to record something, but it costs money. So, you know, I want to feel good about going into it. And someone reached out to me and, um, very thankful they did. And I met them and was kind of blown away of, uh, with their perspective on music just across the board and songwriting and understanding the intricacies of music and how to get creative. And it was very easy to make the choice of selecting this person to work with because I kind of just thought that they would treat the songs that I brought with love um, and help me make them the best possible songs that I could make them. So, cause I, you know, I was so scared. I was, I had never, I mean, I would just barely been performing myself for the first time. I had barely been singing in my life. I gave this person every excuse in the book to not want to work with me, um, which in theory, it really should be the other way around. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> If you're going to, if you're going to hire someone, they should be, you know, pitching you. Um, how, how did this person find you? This person found me on Facebook because I had a, a show at Sidewalk Cafe and it popped up, I guess. Wait, is that, the, I think that's the first show I saw. Of yours. That is the is first that show the, you saw. It was so And we had had one voice lesson, I think. Yeah, one, vo- one wow. voice lesson. I'm in. Let's go see. Yay. And I ate chicken fingers and chips as loud as possible. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Jenny has like this gorgeous, pretty music. <laughs> and on chip. I was like, gosh. It's, it's funny party. because uh, I still had no idea. I, I think like putting on a live show and, and, playing in your home and writing and recording all of these are such different buckets of music and they they're they take such a different set of skills that you think someone who's been around for 10 years knows everything about each of those buckets but some people have fortes in some of the buckets and some people have fortes in other 
uh, buckets. So for me, my live performing is definitely not the strongest bucket, but it's a bucket that I wanted to build. And that's why I was focusing on, on trying to book as many shows as I could to try to play for people because you're opening a gate for people to enter your space and for you to be vulnerable in front of them live. And that's huge. People need to see the person, you know, that's, it's a big deal to not just hear this, but to see somebody in the room and you bearing it in front of them like that, not just like the track that they're hearing in their ears. So it's, it's super special. Yeah. How many shows have you done? How many shows have I done? I like the fact that now it's kind of hard to keep count, but I'd I'd estimate over – in New York alone, I'd I'd estimate over 15 to 20, something like that. But I used to play – you know, I got started by it because I was playing in Montreal back in college for four years uh, with a friend. They convinced me to go play with them. (laughs) What kind of music were they doing? doing covers, um, all sorts of stuff. That's kind of how I first got into the idea of flipping covers or flipping songs on their head as head flipping songs on their heads as covers. Cause we would try to match harmonies and, uh, go play. And yeah, it was interesting. It was terrifying, but I'm so happy this person made me do that because it was kind of one of those things that it helped me not only be a better musician, but being able to perform like that, it helped me connect with people so much more. It helped me get out of my shell in so many ways. And it helped me be someone who could stand up in front of a crowd of people and talk to them, which got so much easier over time. So much easier. Do you have advice for people that, I mean, they've got the passion, they want to do it, but they have physical reactions against (laughs) getting up in front of a crowd. Do you have any advice? I think the first thing is it's going to take time. I, I actually have a strong, a stronger confidence in being on a stage, not because I was an actor or not because I, you know, had been doing this for years, but because I had a job, um, that was essentially being a tour guide And Ah. you kind of have to throw caution to the wind and just let it hang out there and be, you are the star of the show period. And people are coming to see a tour and you got to give them a good show. Um, so you just get, I just got used to talking in front of people Mm -hmm. and I can't say that it's, it's still easy yet to sing in front of people. I think there's a huge difference. You know, some people have trouble with with making public speeches or giving public speeches, and that's its own thing as compared to singing. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to a show where you see a singer really never talk, and it's because they don't want to. Um, they're, I don't know if they're scared. I don't know if it makes them uncomfortable. I don't know if they really have no reason to say anything, but I've seen that a lot. Yeah, sometimes they just want their music to speak for them. I know I've heard people say that, or yeah, they're just genuinely uncomfortable. Who's that lead singer from Maisie Star? What's her name? Oh, she's she's so yeah, she's terrified when she gets yeah. up there, 
And think of, like, she wrote one of the most famous songs of the 90s, one of the most famous songs of all time. And that's, and she still, you know, goes up and performs. I think the biggest advice that I would give someone is just be open to failing and be open to letting people have the opinions they want to have. If you love something, and this extends beyond singing, beyond songwriting, beyond performing, if you love something and it's going to make you happy, it shouldn't matter what other people think. Yep, yep. that's a big one. That's probably the hardest and the easiest said. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's the. It's like one of those easier said than done. I, I can't even say that, oh, well, I don't, I love something, so I'm never going to worry about it. It's, it's not like a black and white thought. It's not as though you aren't going to be scared, but you will be able to push yourself to do it and, and to get, it gets easier if you're willing to have that mindset of, well, I'm going to do this because I love it. And I know that in my heart, I'm meant to do this. And people are going to either accept that, love it, embrace it, or they won't. And that's their, you know, that's on them. So what's the hardest part of going down this music journey for yourself? What's so far the hardest thing if you had to put a pin on it? Uh, I think there's probably two things that have been the hardest Um, the first thing has been trying to do everything that's involved in songwriting and putting out a record and promoting it and promoting yourself, both with confidence and doing it on your own. Um, I feel very lucky to have had a person help me a lot, uh, in, the process this fall and through the release that's coming up. And, um, but a lot of it in theory has been on my own, especially once, you know, once the record's done. And at that point I just had to be willing to make a decision and to make, whether it's what covers your album or whatnot and to do that and be okay with it. And it's very anxiety provoking because you're putting this baby, this, this, artistic craft of yours into the world for people to hear that is finished, that is done. And you want people to love it, but you also have to trust that people will. And you, and you have to think, well, I'm really proud of this. And my biggest struggle was trying to be proud of something that I really should be proud of, but thinking that I wasn't good enough and, and battling that, um, confidence battle. It's really hard because I'm so new to it. And I just didn't, I didn't want to come across as someone who didn't know what they were doing. Well, it doesn't show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That, yeah. I mean, that, the confidence battle is something that also I've heard never, it's never going to end. And you just have to learn how to navigate it better. And I think I'm already doing that. Yeah. But the second hardest thing, or the other hardest thing that I would say is, the vulnerability aspect. Um, I'm not one who's very good at being vulnerable in general across the board. So there's the aspect of this being a great tool for that and to be able to do that. 
but also I write very honest to the point where I write about things that have happened to me and about things that are very serious in tone. And to want to showcase that to people, you don't want to come across as a broken person, but it's also okay. I'm also struggling to know that it's okay to show that to people, that we all go through these things. But it's a very difficult thing to navigate because you want to put yourself out there in the most honest way, but you also don't want to come across as someone who doesn't have it together. Yep. That's (laughs) even though it's okay not to have it together. And that's the, that's what I'm learning is there's a reason why these songs are written and there's a reason why people, you know, flock to them. Mine, others, it doesn't matter is because no one has it together. Yep. Okay, good good segue. Talk about slow burn. Slow burn. Um, untitled for, what, four months? Maybe five months? I, I just couldn't come up with a title for that song. Um, I don't know why. It was took a while. But, yeah, I wrote, I wrote that song. I wrote slow burn in uh, maybe early August 2018. And... I had just kind of written a bunch of songs that were slowly getting better. I, you know, I was starting to understand the craft of it, but I kind of wanted to sit down and try to write some lyrics that were di- different. They're, they're different to me because they're a little bit more poetic and they're a little bit more personal than what I had written um, from a depth perspective. Of, I was going through something so difficult at the time. Um, no, no need to truly go into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, I was going through something really difficult and it was the first time that I had just let myself write lyrics that I didn't want to try to write anything in particular. I I wasn't out to write a style. I wasn't out to write a specific metered rhythmic, you know, approach. I just wanted to write words that represented what I was going through. And when I finished, it was actually the first time I wrote a song and kind of thought, dang, like maybe I can do this. Maybe I can actually be a writer and maybe I can actually be a singer songwriter. Um, and I kind of loved the melody that came out so much because it was super influenced by a bunch of artists that I follow, um, who are older. I used to listen to a gentleman named Chris Isaac growing up. Um, and I just discovered a, a, an artist named John Bryant, um, and they had these gorgeous guitar uh, melodies. And I heard them and I thought, wow, that is such a beautiful style. And so I, I don't know, I wrote the song and tried to do some personal production on it at home and toy around with harmonies and logic. And it kind of became this really special song that I never thought I'd write ever. And it's, very, very um, relatable. Uh, tell us about all the people that have 
taking a, a listen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my head's still spinning that, I don't know, what is over, I think I'm at about 65,000 streams now and like 29,000 listeners in just over a month, which I, I'm truly proud of. And I, I, I'm starting to become even more proud of things like that. But more importantly, I think the thing that has been beyond special to me as an artist is receiving a direct message on Instagram or getting someone talking to me in person after a show and saying things about how the song has made them feel or how they've struggled with something and they really connected with the song and how, you know, it's, it's helped them on a day where they kind of felt like they didn't know what to do and they didn't know where to go. Um, equally, there's been people who have said, I just love hearing this in the background. It's lovely. So <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's always been hearing people tell me something about how they've connected with the song in whatever way that is. That's the most special reaction I could get. Um, mm -hmm. but having that coincide with numbers means I can assume that this song has reached a lot of ears and given meaning to a lot of people. And that's the most incredible thing I could have possibly, you know, envisioned coming into releasing my debut single. I mean, I think that's the most successful that you could be. I mean, the numbers, it's great, right? It means you're reaching more people, but you know, the fact that you have provided a feeling that you have gotten from other artists and we all know that feeling. If we love music in any way, we listen to songs and you're like, holy crap, it sounds like I could have written that. It sounds like it's about me. It's for me. And that's like finding a new best friend or finding the love of your life. Like it's this click. So the fact that you get to provide that for somebody, anybody is just like, I mean, that's the reason to keep doing it. So if it's working, I mean, it is absolutely the reason to keep it's, it's given me, that's my fuel. I mean, I'll always do what I want to do for myself. I'm learning that if you want to do something, you go after it and you do it. But it's things like that that fuel my individual passion for what I'm doing. It gives me so much encouragement. So, Tell us when and uh, where we can get your music. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, you can stream Slow Burn on all platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, The Works. And uh, my debut EP comes out Friday, April 5th, so next month. It's very exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I mean, I know most of the songs, but <laughs> then it'll be like right on my iTunes so that I'm excited about. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, all, all I can ask for is, uh, you know, spreading the word and, and the more people to listen, the, the better. And f following across all the platforms is a huge help. It brings awareness and lets me know that there's listeners and it's awesome. I'm just, I'm so grateful. So uh, Facebook and Instagram, how, do, how can they find you? At Jenny Kern Music across the board. Amazing. Um, and the last thing, I just want to hear your advice to somebody who has never written music. They love music. They know they want to do it. Give us like a, like a minute, two minute crash course on what they can do 
now, today, the next day on how to just start fueling the fire, start doing it? I would say start by listening to artists that you admire, really, and not just you know, at the basic level, really listen to how they put words together, how they craft a melody, how they put their emotion into it. Um, what is the content? What are they writing about? Maybe it's not obvious, but maybe that's the point. Um, and then I would say just trial and error, try writing down, maybe try writing down a topic you want to write about and writing a little paragraph about, Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's just words that you really want to get into, into some version of a song. Then I would say, once you've done those things, trial and error. Just try writing lyrics and don't hold yourself back from the vulnerability. Be willing to write words that you think are terrifyingly open. Uh, because I can promise you that nothing you're writing is as deeply ter- deeply scary as you think they are. They're just not. They're probably beautiful. Do they co-write? Do they co-write? I mean, should they? I mean, should they start with a co-writing partner? Or should they do it on their own? What do you suggest? What, what helped you? I think whatever makes people most comfortable. I didn't start co-writing because I didn't, no, <laughs> it's not that I didn't know you could do that. I just didn't think to do it. Um, okay. I have done it. I, I did a, a songwriting workshop where I wrote a song with it with a couple of very talented people. Um, but I think That's- for me, I, I can't say what's the best when you start. I think it depends on you as a person of, are you the kind of person that works best alone? Are you the kind of person that needs to vibe off someone else? Um, but in any case, if you're really just starting for the first time, maybe just trial and error, trial and error or toy around with it just with words and seeing how you can put things together. Because if you're going to work with someone who's very experienced, just in the sense that they've been doing this for a little while, you want to go into that session with them or just that casual get together with having some tools in your arsenal, you know? Yeah. Now you said you took a class. I mean, would you recommend that? I don't know if it was quite a class. It was a competition type event where I, I worked with two others on writing a song that we were very proud of. It's very bluesy, uh, very roots, but I, I think I don't, I recommend, I recommend it if, if it's something that works for you. I'm not someone who really uh, likes to learn in class settings. I kind of need a hands-on type vibe. So if classroom type settings, if being with other people, if learning on your own, if watching videos on the internet, whatever works best for you in terms of trying to figure out the intricacies of it, that's what you should do. Trust yourself what you do best and how you learn best. That's my take. Thank you. Well, hey, it was good. This was good. All right, guys, what'd you think? That was Jenny Kern. I loved getting to have that conversation and have you guys listen. So here's the deal. Her EP is coming out on April 5th. 
You can pre-order it at JennyKernMusic.com. You can also follow her on Spotify um, and get ready for that beautiful EP that's coming out. You can also check out Slow Burn, which is her single. It's out right now. You will not regret it. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Without any further ado, here's some more Slow Burn. Thanks, guys. Think I love